the chair of the African Union. And your excellency sister, president, the president of Ethiopia. And your excellency, Mama President, uh, Ellen uh, Joseph Salib, former president of Liberia, and uh, more importantly, patron for the work that we are performing today. And thank you very much for continuing to be the patron of this important work. I also extend my greetings to the African Union Special Envoy on Women, Peace and Security. I also want to extend my greetings to ministers and deputy ministers who are here present and the Deputy Speaker of the Parliament of the Republic of South Africa, and representatives of women's organizations gathered here from across our beautiful continent. Thank you very much, my dearest sisters, for being here uh, to represent the women of our country, of our continent. and representatives of business, academia, interfaith, youth organizations and civil society, guests and ladies and gentlemen. I take this opportunity to greet you all and to welcome you to South Africa to this very important third African Union Men's Conference on Positive Masculinity. As South Africa, we are truly honored to have uh, been given the opportunity to host this conference, but also to do so jointly with uh, President Azali Asumani, my dear brother, who continues to walk very difficult paths with a number of us leading us and showing us the way forward, as he also when we went to uh, Ukraine and Russia to get African leaders to seek for peace in a place that is so far away from our own continent. Thank you very much, uh, President Asunami, for your leadership. We are meeting in a week that uh, the annual campaign of 16 days of activism against gender-based violence commences across the globe. In fact, President uh, uh, Salif Johnson referred to it as having gotten into the fourth day of this campaign. And in this respect, today's conference is one of many events being organized across the world to draw attention to 
this terrible scourge that is being perpetrated against the women and girls of our continent and indeed in the What makes this conference exceptional is that our focus is on the role of men and boys in bringing about a world that is free of violence against women and girls, Africa, gender-based violence. We are here because we know that men and boys must be at the forefront of the change that must happen. We are also here because we know that there is an alternative to a society, a continent, and a world where women are oppressed, discriminated against, and their rights suppressed. There is an alternative, and this conference has been exploring that alternative through a number of presentations that have been made here. What type of world do we seek? We seek a world in which every African man, woman, and child can live in true freedom and equality with their rights respected, upheld, and advanced. We know that such a world is within our reach if we focus on the prevention of all forms of violence against women and, children and girls. We cannot realize a society free of violence against women and girls without critically interrogating what one could call the assumptions around patriarchy, around male chauvinism and sexism. It is these assumptions, and in some cases traditions, that lead young men and boys to believe that women are property, that they are worth less than themselves as men, and that they are deserving of ill treatment. This is a conversation that men need to have. And I'm glad that at this conference and the past few summits that have been held, two summits, these discussions and conversations are going on. Men in the main are the perpetrators of violence against women and girls. At the same time, it is men who have the power to bring about the change that we so need in society. They have the power, and we must focus on unleashing that power that the men have, because they are the perpetrators. So we must focus on them. The unity, self-reliance, self-determination, freedom, the progress and prosperity we collectively strive towards 
under the AU's Agenda 2063 are being undermined by gender-based violence. There does seem to be discrimination. I wouldn't say against men, but I would say against me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this conference is essentially about promoting positive masculinity. And a number of speakers have spoken here about what positive masculinity is, and they've sought to give it some form of a definition. This conference, therefore, is about challenging traditional stereotypes with being a man. It involves redefining norms and expectations placed on men. Positive masculinity encourages men to embrace qualities such as empathy, vulnerability, emotional intelligence, and respect for diversity. One of the speakers who stood up here, a very tall gentleman, spoke about precisely this. Earlier this year, I convened the Presidential Young Men and Boys in Daba Forum, where we talk amongst young boys in Soweto. I had the opportunity to talk with these young men who see themselves as change makers in the fight against gender-based violence. These young men face a lot of pressures that affect their attitudes towards women and girls. And they took time to speak openly. And they dealt with very complex and difficult issues that hitherto they would have found difficult to talk to in earlier times, either to their parents or grandparents. And these included the lack of positive role models, absentee fathers, vulnerability to recruitment by criminals, pressure to drop out of school and earn a living, and pressure to become sexually active before they are even ready to do so. These young men who exhibit or seek to learn positive masculinity said that they are tired of being seen as the problem when they want to be part of the solution. This is why it is so important that a conference such as this brings us together to look at how we can create more spaces for young men and boys to engage amongst their peers without fear of judgment. I was particularly pleased, program director, when you asked the men who are gathered here to stand up so that they can be seen. Not so much to show that they are the warriors and they are the ones who are, you know, up front, but to see that we've got men who are committing themselves and by so doing becoming role models 
in our own countries and on the continent to lead the charge against gender-based violence and also to have the champions, the various heads of states that you displayed on the stage, on the screen. It is pleasing that we're beginning to see this change that is bound to take place on our continent. As South Africa, we have a number of initiatives, programs, and dialogues that are elevating the importance of positive masculinity as part of the fight against gender-based violence. This by no means tells the story that we are making a great deal of progress. But what it does do is to tell the story that we are seeking to make strides to address the core of the problem, which is to focus on young boys and men as we propagate the message against gender-based violence. These programs are run amongst a variety of stakeholders in our country, be it workers, be it students, be it athletes, be it artists, and I was told by a university principal or vice-chancellor, as we call them, that prior to having men's dialogues in the campus, campus of some 15,000 students, the harassment of women and the, and the abuse of women and the rape of women on that campus was quite rife. But he then testified that after they commenced holding dialogues, men's dialogues on campus, they suddenly saw a drop in the abuse of women, the harassment of women, and the rapes of women. To a point where some of the young women on campus testified to saying, we now feel much safer as we walk around our campus even at night. We feel safe and this was because the dialogues were taking place on that campus and men were being brought together to talk about toxic masculinity, about uh, their attitude towards women and so this conference as we hold it now can have a huge impact, not only in our various countries, but on the continent, because men's dialogues do work, and we would like to see them spread throughout the continent as much as we possibly can. Of course, while with these programs we can see that while men are the main perpetrators of violence against women and children, men can also be at the forefront of bringing about a new society that respects the equal rights of, men and girls, of women and girls. This has been recognized across our continent as well. This conference is now in its third year. The African Union Circle of Champions has been established and is 
and work is underway towards an African convention to end violence against women and girls. This conference is an opportunity to consolidate our political commitment to accelerate our collective efforts and to define men's contribution to ending violence against women and girls. Now, as South Africa, we are working with our fellow leaders on the continent and we stress the importance of an all-of-society approach that brings together business, labor, government, civil society to promote positive masculinity. And this has been so well represented here at this conference. And I'd like to applaud the organizers of this conference that a platform has been given to various groupings in our society and indeed across the continent to come and express their views because this is an all of society project. This enables us to develop a common vision and indeed a roadmap and build structures throughout society because it is when we work through structures and with structures within our communities at a regional, national and continental level that we will be able to step up the prevention against abuse of women and girls. The circle of champions must continue to inspire high-level leadership in ending violence against women and girls. There must be renewed support for the African Union Commission in ensuring that the Maputo Protocol scorecard and index for the realization of women's rights is popularized and implemented. As we move ahead in negotiating an African Convention on ending violence against women and girls, we must ensure there is accountability through monitoring and evaluating progress that is being made in meeting the commitments of the Kinshasa Declaration. Lastly, we have to address structural inequality by broadening women's access to resources. And this was gainsaid by a number of speakers here from Dr. Nkosasanadlamini Zuma as she stood here to speak and many others of those who spoke. Broadening women's access to resources would be one of the key determinants of our ability to properly address this scourge. The availability or creation of jobs and creating opportunities for women and at the same time also introducing laws, passing laws against the abuse of women and girls in various countries. This is critical. One of the simple laws that does need to be passed, for instance, is discrimination in pay levels, where men and women are paid different wages or salaries for the same jobs. We must ban the type of practice.
And we must develop clear policies right across the continent on how we address and combat and eliminate uh, violence against women and girls. And we must also develop clear policies of how we advance women's empowerment. We do have great expectations of this conference. We must be creative, as I believe you have been, going by the various inputs that have been made here. We must be innovative, and we must also be resolute when it comes to the design and the implementation of dialogue, safe spaces, and other initiatives that enable men and boys to become more involved in this effort. We should learn from each other and share best practice. If other countries are doing a lot better than all of us, we should take time to learn how they are doing it and where we can improve what we are doing. We should also understand how what works in one context could be adapted to work in another context. We should also see how we can fund this work in an economically constrained environment. Of course, programs such as these require resources. They require money. And we must therefore make sure that money is available. And it's good that we have a business community uh, where all the money resides uh, and also a government which manages money and hopefully manages the money well. There's one thing, on, and there's one thing that we all agree on, that positive masculinity can and must be harnessed as a powerful force for good. Ending violence against women and girls everywhere is and must be seen as our collective responsibility as society, but when it comes to the participation of men, that onus is even greater. We owe it to the women and the girls of our various countries and our continent to be better men, to be better fathers, to be better caregivers, to be better partners, and to be better sons. And I think the forebears, our forebears collectively on this continent demand that the men of Africa should be better people, better men, better husbands, better partners. We should therefore build on the gains of the two first conferences to birth a new Africa that affirms the human dignity, the human equality and worth of every African woman and girl. Let us leave no man or boy behind in this journey. Let us take every man and every boy along as we proceed to restore, affirm, and to applaud the dignity of the women and the girls of our continent. And may I add the beautiful women and the beautiful girls of our continent. 
And I'd like to say together as an expanding circle of champions, we want to make the convention to end violence against women and girls a reality on our continent. Program director, you have thrown a challenge at us, and I guess you are throwing the challenge largely at President Azali, Asunami, and myself, and also our sister, President Zwede of Ethiopia, that at the African Union summit, we should hold a side event when we will invite the various presidents, various president brothers, to come together to hear the outcomes of this conference. Yes, we will move all rocks, all rivers, all trees to make sure that it does happen. So we will try to have them. Thank you very much.